as a woman, as a female, you can be anything. I was lucky enough to have parents that thought that about me as well. So obviously now it's about us pushing that out into a community to help, you know, support and give that voice to others and let them know that it's exactly what you just said. It's not about, oh, if you're this, you're this, if you're this, you're this. It's like, no, you can be anything you want to be. It does not matter. It's like giving that voice to you as a person and and making it as loud as it can be and that you're proud of it, you know, and that you shouldn't be ashamed of whatever that voice is. We're just, we're all humans and in different ways, shapes and forms and whatever that is. And we all have these amazing gifts and talents that that we can share with other people. You're listening to Femcanic Garage, the podcast that features women in the automotive and motorsports industries, a community that elevates, empowers, and evolves by smashing stereotypes and breaking down barriers for women. I'm your host, Jamie Blossman. Buckle up for the ride, Femcanics. Femcanics, I want to hear from you and get your feedback. Text me what your favorite episode is, how I could improve the podcast, what products would you like to see, but most importantly, I just want to connect with you. Text me at 614-953-6380. Again, that's 614-953-6380. I receive each message directly, and I'm excited to hear from you. Go on, press pause, and save my number, 614-953-6380. Teresa Contreras is in the driver's seat today. This is what her friend Jesse Combs said about Teresa that probably sums it up best. Her custom paintwork has graced the SEMA show floor and cover stories on Top Magazines numerous times. Teresa has been seen in action on TV, and she continues to collaborate on massive projects with some of the best of the best in the industry. Her motivational vigor resonates with all who are exposed to her beautiful drive for success. Buckle up and enjoy the show. Hello, Femcanics. This is Jamie B coming to you, and I have Teresa Contreras. I'm going to have to. <laughs> I'm going to totally leave this in. I'm totally leaving this in. <laughs> you, you totally have to leave it. <laughs> we literally just had like a five minute conversation about pronunciation of names. So, Femcanic community, here you go. <laughs> Contreras, look, I said it. Perfectly yes, that time. Nailed it. <laughs> nailed it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness. Teresa, thank you so much for being in the hot seat today. I have been following the work that you've been doing and the work that you and Jesse kicked off together with Real Deal Revolution for a yeah. while now. And I love what you guys are doing. I love the energy that you have in what you're bringing to the table. And I was excited when you're like, yeah, I'll do the interview. And I had the opportunity to actually meet you in person at SEMA, at yeah. the uh, business, what is it called? Uh, the Women's Bu- Business Women's Network. Yeah, Gear Thank Pearl. you. Yes, yes. And that was awesome. That was super cool meeting all those amazing yeah. women. So I'm excited that I actually got to meet you in person. Me as well. It it was great. You know, that opportunity um, to meet women at that event is just, it's, it's probably one of the best things SEMA does. It's like, it's like this little hidden gem that they have, you know, it really is not a lot of people know, but yes, it it was awesome meeting you in person too. And then, and then uh, finally making this interview happen. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I read a a lot of your background. Mm -hmm. I read all the women's background that I interview. But what I find is when I actually sit down and talk to him, there's this other uh, dimension to it that is so neat and fun. And I'm mm-hmm. excited to learn a little more about you and expand on some of the stuff that I saw in the pre-interview that you wrote about. And I, I kind of want to back it up a little bit and 
if you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit of your history, because you are not first generation in this. This is in your blood. I I would agree with you. Yes, it is totally in my blood. Um, yeah, you know, I, I pretty much like grew up with, you know, my parents, my mom, she rode dirt bikes with my dad. She worked on cars in the garage with him. Um, and I was right there next to them. You know, I, I, I'm the same way. Like if, if your family, if they're out there doing things with you, it's that's, that's what it's about. It's about, you know, getting everyone in there and just enjoying like what you're doing because, you know, this never was, was really work to me because it's, it's like, we all had fun, you know, doing it together. So I still have fun today doing the exact same thing that I did when I was a couple of years old in the garage with my parents, you know, working, working on my own ATC um, alongside them while they were, you know, sanding cars and trying to make a living doing things like that. So your folks own their own shop, right? Yes. Yeah. So grew up in Southern California. Um, parents started a auto body shop, but basically it did start out of the garage. And then, um, you know, from there, it just kind of went into my dad loved off-roading. So, so it went from, you know, repairing and doing restorations and stuff to doing like, oh, well now we can do, you know, some off-road vehicles and stuff. So then he, you know, start doing lift kits and things like that. We always had Broncos, um, Jeeps, you know, Ford's been in our blood. My sister even uh, has got the bug now too and stuff, but um, we've, we've pretty much been a long family of, of that and uh, just grew up off-roading, like pretty much everything, dirt bikes, street bikes, love speed, love working on cars, getting my hands dirty, all of it. <laughs> wow. At two years old, I, 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 I love it because it's, it's one of those things where a lot of people will ask me, they're like, okay, so what's your tie to the automotive? Well, yeah, my fondest memories from when I was young was going over to the goat farm across the road where my stepdad had this goat farm, like this goat barn full of cars mm-hmm. and car parts. Oh, got it. And Love it. He, he didn't have like an official restoration, but people knew him in town. And his okay. specialty wasn't um, body work. It was more of the engine work. And he, mm-hmm. he was a welder. That was his day cool. job was being a welder. Uh-huh. And going over there and just being a fly on the wall, helping when I could and getting as much as much things that I could do at my age. And at that point yeah. in time, it was typically a old bucket or pan of some sort with gasoline in it and cleaning engine parts. <laughs> right. That's, but that was cool. huh? It was so cool. I mean, looking back on it now, I'm not sure I would have my kids playing in gasoline <laughs> and sucking the fumes. Exactly. Like, this is great. <laughs> but no, and I, I love how you say that because it is all about those memories. It so, is. Um, when you really go back to things and, and you think like as an adult now, like, you know, why do I like this so much? And it's, you really go back to those memories of when you were a child and you're like, I had a really good time doing this. And I realized like, you know, I had a great time with my family or I was smiling and I just like, it's just something in you that you're like, I want to keep doing this, you know? And we would, we would go off-roading. We would work on the car. Like it was all of it. It wasn't, it wasn't just one thing or, you know, it, it's, it was an all encompassing thing that we just, we love doing it all. And we had to clean them, you know, it was like, nope, got to load the trailer now. Oh, now you got it. You know, at, at 15 and a half years old, my dad's like, oh, here, you know, I'm tired right now. You got to, you know, tow the trailer to Glamis right now. And I'm like, I've never driven with the trailer before. He's like, this is how you're going to find out, huh? <laughs> like, it There's was one like, way to learn and go. <laughs> yeah. And that's how our family was. It was always about just, you know, giving us the opportunity to do something they never saw us as, um, you know, it's, it's me and my sister. My sister's uh, six years younger than me. And, um, I just always tell people like our family, they were like, you know, it didn't matter that they had two girls. It was just, we were just capable human beings, you know, and that's how both of our parents treated us. It's exactly what, what it was. It wasn't like, oh, you can't do this or you can't, you can't dress up or you can't do, you know, it's like, no, we did all those things. You know, we Mm love dressing up, but we love going in the garage and getting dirty too, you know, and and, and riding our dirt bikes. So it was all of it. 
I mean, you you bring up uh, an interesting topic around that where there is kind of this message sometimes that I think I'll say dads get if they have all girls or one child and it's a girl. I've heard multiple dads and mothers sharing these stories where other people will be like, oh, you have all girls. Or right. when they have a boy, it's like, oh, now you can do this or you can do X. Right. And I'm like, yeah. why couldn't you do it before? And there's there's yeah. an awesome interview that I did with uh, Juliana that talks about that. But mm. it, some of it's culturally based as well. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously the world, we have tons of stereotypes and, and that's, you know, part of what your uh, motto is, right, is it's it's all about you know, breaking that and getting away from those stereotypes. It's exactly what real deal is as well. And, and the only way you can change those stereotypes in people's heads is, 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 is to do the things to make it happen. You know, you have to like change the story for everyone and, and show them that all of these things are possible because like you said, culturally, they, in the past, they only saw men doing this or, you know, women doing this. And so they have to see it differently. So it's all about, you know, like what you're doing right now by by showing that, you know, hey, there's women out there doing this and giving them a voice to that. And, you know, me going out there and doing it and all of these other people. It's about us changing that, you know, it's exactly what it is. And I'll tell you the one thing that there's so many stereotypes around it. One is the, the male versus female doing or how they are in the automotive industry, right? Not just sure. on the hoods of cars, but actually yeah. in their in the driver's seat and getting dirty. But then there's yeah. this other perception that the women that are interested in the automotive comes in all different shapes, sizes, and interests. Yeah. It's not you're interested in cars and that means you're a lesbian. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? That's a common stereotype. And it's wow. like, that doesn't mean that you don't like wearing dresses because... Yes you work on cars or yeah. you're a painter or whatever the case may be. And that's, that's like a whole nother level of stereotype around it too. Right. A hundred percent. And, you know, I think it was like for, for Jesse and I both, I think, I think the voice that we really wanted to give real deal revolution is just, you know, the idea that, that as a woman, as a female, you can be anything, you know, and, and, I, I was lucky enough to have parents that, that thought that about me as well. And, you know, she was as well. So obviously now it's about us pushing that out into a community to help, you know, support and give that voice to others and let them know that, that it's exactly what you just said. It's not about, you know, oh, if you're this, you're this, if you're this, you're this, it's like, no, you can be anything you want to be. It does not matter. It's like, giving that voice to you as a person and and making it as loud as it can be and and that you're proud of it, you know, and that you shouldn't be ashamed of whatever that voice is. We're just, we're all humans and in different ways, shapes and forms and whatever that is. And we all have these amazing gifts and talents that, that we can share with other people, you know, and, and that's just the cool part about it. And, and truthfully, that's really probably the, like the biggest message that, you know, we want to send out there. Girls can totally do this shit, but I mean, yeah, all the time we're getting men coming up and, and little boys and stuff like that. It's it's not about turning anyone away. It's about empowering everyone to be like, cool, you want me to teach you as a woman? Awesome. Then that's great. Right. That's what we want. Now, you have brought up uh, Real Deal Revolution a couple yeah. times, and I brought it up in the beginning. And you're one of two of the original founders. The other mm -hmm. founder of Real Deal Revolution was Jesse Combs. Mm -hmm. you guys were close you guys were really good friends yeah no she she was she was truly one of my best friends yeah in I, I real deal revolution is such a cool program because it's a non-profit correct yeah it is we finally were able to turn it into one um a couple years ago so that was super exciting yeah I mean, I can't even wrap my arms around what that must have been like losing. She not she wasn't just a business partner to you. She was your best friend. Oh, no. Oh, no. I, you know, we met, we met in 2012 on 
the SEMA Business Women's Network all female build um, that we did with Ford. And, you know, I like, I tell people like, truly, that is, that is the best project. I love, you know, seeing all of these women projects um, go on together because, you know, truly doing that build, it just, all of my best friends are from that build, you know, um, it was such an amazing experience that you have with women that you, you sit there and, and there's something about trying to figure things out with someone else. And then when you get it and it just clicks, you're like, yes, like we did this together. Like we all built this, we made this, we created this, you know, through our blood, sweat and tears, we made this baby happen, you know, and meeting her, you know, I actually didn't even know who she was. I I didn't really follow like TV shows or anything like that. And uh, she popped in one day because we were working on the car at our shop and um, she was on her way to Off-Road Expo. And she's like, I'm just going to stop by and say hi real quick. I can't stay very long. And so, you know, she came by and, and it was like, you know, she's this little like, you know, bright little energy that pops in and stuff. And, you know, and so we're like, cool. Hey, what's up and stuff and talking to her and, and it was great. And then she's like, whose motorcycle is this? And uh, I have a 1200 Sportster Custom that was sitting over there. I'm like, oh, that's mine. She's like, do you want to go riding? I was like, heck yeah. So that was pretty much like the beginning of our friendship from then on. It was like, you know, we, we'd go riding together. We started going to Babes Ride Out. And then that was just an amazing experience. Um, Babes Ride Out is a, is a all-female motorcycle event that's out in uh, Joshua Tree, um, now it's moved up to Santa Margarita in California, but, um, that event, those women, the, just the, the energy and the good vibes that they have, like, even there, we were like, oh my God, this is amazing. Like, <laughs> and she was just like, we have to do something. We have to do something here. Like, I, like, I love this. This is so good. I mean, we were literally, we rode our, our bikes out there. She had her triumph and I had my, um, uh, my Harley. And we rode those out there and we literally like slept on the desert floor, you know, well, she was in a, (laughs) she was in a tent. I slept on the ground, but, um, that a girl was just, (laughs) it was just like such an amazing experience. And, you know, we'd go riding and it, we just, we loved all the same things. We just, we had, we had something that clicked. She would pop in and be like, Hey, you want to go do this? I'm like, yeah, cool. You know, and it was, it was just awesome. And, you know, and I'm married, I'm 25 years married. It'd be hilarious because at first she's like, but you're married, but you go and do all these things with me. I'm like, yeah, he's amazing. I know he lets me do whatever I want to do because, you know, that's what life should be about is, is, you know, empowering the other person to, you know, like to grow into the person that they need to be, you know? So I would just go do all these things with her. And she just realized, you know, where my heart was, you know, for helping others. So, so my family with our family business, we were part of uh, something called uh, AXC. It's the Alex Exidius and Pete Shapora Center for Automotive Arts. And that's a ROP program. But basically, it's like high school auto shop that we wanted to offer free to local students that, you know, because high school auto shop was disappearing in all the local schools. So, we were part of that program and she saw that. And so she was like, you know, that'd be cool if we start something like that. Would you want to do that? And I was like, heck yeah. So, um, that was really exciting. And in 2014, it, it was first, I am the real deal because the word real deal is like, it's all about real estate and stuff. And it was all taken. And so, so it started out as I am the real deal and it was a regular, uh, corporation. So it was a for-profit business. Mm-hmm. And then as the years went on, you know, it was always the idea to turn it into a nonprofit. We just needed the help and the resources to kind of figure that out. And so, um, on our birthday in July 27th, uh, 2018, it did become a nonprofit. Um, so yeah, since then, I mean, it's, it's just our love of helping other people and just going out and, and sharing that and empowering others. When you put tools into someone's hands and they realize like, wow, like I can actually use this. That wasn't very hard for me to figure out. And it's, it's not as intimidating to them. And they realize, Hmm, maybe I'll go try that. I've always thought about it, but you know, now that you, now that you made it that easy for me to do it, just that's, that's all it takes. And so 
it was just our intention is just to get people just to get that spark, you know, and that excitement of them to to believe in themselves that they could go do it as well. There was a lady who and I reposted it and you probably know her name and I Ava, I think so. And I I reposted it was such a beautiful message. Yeah. And it literally was exactly what you're talking about right now is Yeah believing in them, empowering them, and letting them take it from there. And you're still carrying on Real Deal Revolution and still pushing through that. Yeah. And, Teresa, I'm just, when you got that call, did you Mm. get called? How did that shake down? Mm. No, that was a bad night. So not many people knew about what had happened um, until the next day. That night, one of our, one of my friends that I go off-roading with, um, he texted me and he just, he texted me because he gets like news updates from all of the local like off-roaders and stuff like that. And he sent me a news update from Oregon and it, it said, you know, fatal crash. And he, he texted me this and he said, is this true? And I just like, I literally, I was, I was at the laundromat. Okay. <laughs> I was doing my clothes, standing outside of the laundromat. And he texted me this and I just like, my heart dropped. I was like, what the fuck? And so I was like, oh my God, oh my God, I need to get hold of Terry. I need to go like, and, and as soon as I called him, he just said, how do you know? And I was like, what does that mean? What does how do you know mean? I was like, because all my. I asked him was, Jesse, okay? And he was just like, how do you know? And I was like, Oh, what? my gosh. And just to be clear for folks to know, who is Terry? Uh, Jesse's uh, boyfriend. Yeah, just to keep everyone in there. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, yeah, and even coming back to it, I know. So, no, I just asked him, I said, is Jesse okay? And he just said, how do you know? And those are like the only things I remember. And And it's... And he was just like, I'm at the hospital. <laughs> and he's like, I'm going to call you later. And I, and I was just like, oh my God. Oh my God. I can't even believe this is true. Like it, I, I was just bawling uncontrollably for, I don't know, however long and trying to, trying to text people, but not, but not knowing what to do. And it was, yeah, it was, it was definitely not I mean, I can't even imagine the same thing. I mean, you know, what, what the family, what Terry, all of the, all of them up there, you know, I, I wish I was up there too, you know, Mm -hmm. at that moment. And, and, and I, I always regret that because she always wanted me to go up there too. And, and she was always like, okay, Teresa, come on, let's go. Like, and, and it was always SEMA time and I always get really busy during SEMA. So, you know, I, you know, I, I do, I, I tend to put my work first and, and, you know, and that's what she was doing too. I mean, that, that was her thing. And I do, that, that is one of my major, major regrets is not ever going up to, um, to do that with her for a uh, land speed. Wow. I, I just, I, I, when I saw that in the whole, I mean, it just flew through social media yeah. and it just, that next morning, yeah. It's crazy. And then SEMA wasn't that far off of that. And you spoke at the no, Business her, Women's Network. Her anniversary is next week. Yeah. 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 But I am so glad that you are working through keeping Real Deal Revolution alive. Because what people need to understand is you have you wear multiple hats here. You don't do just Real Deal Revolution. <laughs> You have your full, your own business that you're running on top of that. And you went in as a partnership. Jesse is no longer with us and trying to figure out how to wear all these hats and keep it going. I I can't even imagine trying to juggle all that. I can't either. Sometimes, (laughs) Um, you know, what really going going through everything afterwards was really, I think it was, it was very challenging for, for everyone. Um, once she passed, 
one of the things is that, so babes right out is, is probably one of the best things that, that we did together. It literally every year, the, the energy that you get from being around everyone, it was just the exact event that we, it was like the right people, the right setting. It was, it, it's always, everything is just so good. It was our favorite thing to do. Um, and it was always right before SEMA, but that one didn't matter. Like I said, I didn't put a lot like babes right out. We did babes right out that that was just always a hundred percent. And so, um, right before she passed last year, they had moved babes right out from Joshua tree, which we got these totally rad little, uh, like <laughs> these like wooden structures. Um, and they were maybe like, uh, I would say maybe a, a 40 by 40, you know, site. Right. So then like maybe two weeks before she passed, we were looking at the new site in Santa Margarita and, um, oh my God, it was amazing. It's, it's, it was like 4,000 square feet and under this big, you know, awning. And it was like an old barn looking type of area. And we were like, are you kidding me? Like, this is our space. It made me so excited that, that we were going to have something like that together. She was beyond her words too. It's just like, I can't believe you guys are giving us a space like this. Like they believed in us that much too. You know, we had this little 40 by 40 and now we have 4,000 square feet, you know, of room. Little bit of an upgrade. <laughs> yeah, insane. So, and then going back, sorry, I want to go so that people understand like, again, like, like why we did Babes Right Out. Like it was such an amazing event. Like we'd go there and everything is about like the camaraderie of everyone. You know, you're going there. It's it, like I said, it's, it's good vibes. It's not like no one there is like all these clicks or anything like that. It's like, it's like women come to that event and they're like, they ride solo. They ride from Canada. They ride from all over the place to come to this event and make their best friends. You know, they, they meet people, they just sit right down and you're just like, Hey, what's up? You know, it's not like, you're putting on a face for anyone or worried about it or anything like that. It's just, you go there and it's like, you know, so, so we ended up, you know, sitting there and, and being able to teach people things like, like pinstriping and airbrushing and leatherworking and um, welding and blacksmithing. And so we were able to teach all of these people, which we still do now at these events and stuff. And, and Jesse loved it too. We just, it was, it, that was totally something that she pushed for. She was like, Teresa, we have to do this. Are you on board? And I was like, totally, whatever you need from me, I'm totally on board. So normally when we would do an event in Joshua tree, we would probably have five people total. So me and Jesse and like three, maybe four other, you know, people that help, um, you know, teach a class or something like that. <laughs> After Jesse's passing, um, this past year in, in 2019, we had 20 people volunteer and help us. It was amazing. So wow. it just, I, I, yeah, it's all, there's always those moments like that would just like, fuck, I wish you were here to see this, you know, but I'm yeah. like, I know she sees it, but it's just like, ah, it yeah. was so beautiful. All the people that came together, all the energy. So when you say, oh, I'm carrying on real deal. I'm like, it's not just me. It's, it's all of these women that came together to be like, dude, this has to happen. Just keep doing mm. it you got this. And it had to be that community and that support of everyone saying this has to keep happening. And I was like, you're hundred percent right. Uh, you're right. Whatever I need to do, let's do it. You know? So it was, it was so amazing. Um, we had, we taught so many people. We had all of these uh, women I never even met before. Um, 20 of them, all of them came there was amazing, was probably one of the best ones we've ever had totally knocked it out of the park. And, and, you know, that was also, you know, it was from Jesse too. It was, it was her, her beauty and her spirit that, that helped, you know, bring everyone together. And everyone was like, I wasn't afraid anymore to teach. Everyone was just like, what can I do? How can I help? And that was it. You know, wow, it was so good. Yeah. Wow. I, I remember seeing some of those posts and the posts looked almost fake. And what I mean by fake, yeah. so pic picturesque I know. that I'm like, holy mackerel, who photoshopped that? And <laughs> at the same time, like you're looking at it and it's like, no, this and you could feel it. Like, I don't I don't ride motorcycles. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, probably because I'd kill myself. I my need for <laughs> speed. Uh, yeah. <laughs> When I interviewed Gavin Fax, she she's like, oh, my God, Jamie, you haven't ridden on a motorcycle ever. Come out to California. Let's do this. I'm like, OK, you know, and I love her. but when I saw those pictures, I could just yeah. feel yeah. the tribe hitting on all yeah. cylinders. And I'll call it awesome. a tribe. It just seems yeah. like a, an amazing community. It is. It is. And I love that because like, yes, you've interviewed Gavin as well. And, and you can, you can tell from her that energy and, and that's the kind of people that are there, you know, and it's, it's, everyone's just, it's exactly that. And I'm glad that the photos are able to depict that. That's, that's so cool. It really did. Yeah. We had, you know, MJ came from, you know, she came from New York and, and drove down to help out. Um, she had been helping us out at the um, Babes Right Out event on the East Coast and stuff, but she even came down for it. So all of these people just, it it was really such a beautiful thing to to have all of these women and and to do that as well. So yeah, it's, the energy is, is so amazing. I tell everyone, I, I don't care if you have a motorcycle, make sure you end up there. Yeah. yeah so good. And we've talked a lot about Real Deal because I know that that's a passion of yours and giving back and helping women. Yeah. And you have this whole other side (laughs) where you're running a business and not just any business. You have had multiple builds featured in SEMA. Yeah. Can can we talk a little? I mean, you're so humble about it that I'm like... (laughs) It's kind of a big deal what you're doing in your other job, too. Um, but, you know, it's it's one thing to for parents to have a shop. But yeah. you you kind of took it to the next level. So mm, thank you. Yeah. What was your first build? Let, let's start there just out of curiosity. Uh, OK, well, see, <sighs> there's so many things to go back to when you say first build. I mean, like SEMA build or like a, and see, and then there's all those little intricacies of things like that. So Mm -hmm. I guess I just started really like infusing myself in things. (laughs) You know what I mean? I'm one of those people that if the door is open, I keep kicking my foot in it to like keep it open, you know? And I'm like, I feel you nudging it, nudging it. (laughs) My dad was already kind of doing SEMA builds and stuff. And I actually, so Okay, going back to that, let's see. I'll start out by, I actually taught myself how to paint. Being here at the shop, the reason why I came to work at the family business was because I was pregnant and I was working at a machine shop. And so I worked at the machine shop until I was about eight months pregnant. And then um, I was a machinist. I actually ran CNC mills. I did manual mill work and then lathe work as well. And so I was, I was doing that. And then I was like, oh, I'm pregnant. I was like, okay, well now I have to kind of get a, like a, a desk job or something or, or figure it out. And then our, you know, my parents were like, Hey, you come to the family business and do this. So I uh, had my son was at work one day, um, waiting for someone to pinstripe a car. They never showed up. And I was like, Hey, you guys, I'm going to go pinstripe this car. And they were like, you don't know how to do that. And I was like, yeah, I'll figure it out. So that night, did it a million times um, because I had watched the other guys do it and stuff. I knew you could wipe it off. I knew you what you could do. So the next morning, everyone came and they were like, oh, you did it. And I was like, yeah, why did you think I not, wasn't going to, you know? And um, and so that's just always been my attitude with things. So, so then with SEMA stuff, my dad's always kind of like, he's been around doing these things, but that was his thing, you know? And so me, I'm like kind of nudging my way from the office out into the shop, like, oh, hey, what's going on out here? Like, um, and so he had done a couple builds and stuff. And then there was a Ford Ranger that we had had. And I was like, Hey, well, I want, I want to try to do a rendering, you know, and I want to submit a proposal and stuff. So I ended up submitting a proposal for that, for a a 2000 Ford Ranger, uh, you know, and then, and then my dad was like, Oh, but we're painting it and stuff. So I tried to help. I did some, I did, um, I laid out some of the graphics on it and then I helped with some of the airbrushing, but I I'd never learned to airbrush. So then after that, I was like, guess I have to teach myself how to airbrush because my dad was working on it. And then we had like a guy that came in that did custom paint, you know, and I did learn a lot of stuff from him too. uh, Larry Fader. He's like one of our local guys that does pinstriping and custom stuff. So it just, as time went on, people would be like, I'd be like, cool. Can I paint your car? And they'd be like, 
yeah, totally. So then I just started kind of getting jobs and stuff. And I would lock myself in the paint booth at night and teach myself how to paint. One of my first uh, jobs that I said that, that someone actually came to me and was like, Hey, Teresa, I want you to put flames on this was, um, was a uh, Marcel Venable too from like Linex. So like Linex that had me do one of their Ford Rangers uh, for SEMA. And that was, I think 2001, I think is when that one was. And then I just, I just kept doing it. My dad was friends with the um, editor for a uh, truck and magazine. And we pretty much like had a cover on every year of truck. And I think we were probably in there every other month doing different builds or working on people's, you know, trucks and stuff. And I just kept getting better at my craft, just trying to figure it out and working with people and getting to know the industry. And, and just, I just like doing it and just, I don't know, teaching myself more. And so as time went on, we just, we started, SEMA was like our thing, you know, and it's, it's, we started to become known for like doing builds for the SEMA show. So at one time we've literally had, I think 27 cars at the SEMA show that we've like worked on. I pause, pause, let people take that in a little bit. (laughs) SEMA's massive, (laughs) massive. Like you need multiple days to go through it. You can't, if you haven't, experience SEMA and you remotely like the automotive industry, you still, you should go. It is unlike anything I've ever seen. And 27, holy shit. Yeah. It's funny because a lot of people are like, I don't even understand. I'm like, well, we only did 20, like three of them, but the other one's just like, you know, we'll go back and we'll be like, Oh, we painted that car like two or three years ago and it's back here again, you know? So, so not all of them are ones we'd worked on that year, but yeah, yeah, we, we did a lot of cars back in the day. Now we try to limit it to like 10. Um, this year is, is, uh, (laughs) like any year that we've ever had though. (laughs) It it is a unique coronavirus year. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, like, I mean, last year was obviously a great year. Um, we did the, yeah, the 68 Bronco for, for Jay Leno that was like, when they debuted that, it was one of SEMA's um, biggest press releases ever. So we put that photo like on the, on our website too. It's a pretty amazing photo if you've seen it. Uh, yeah. It's pretty cool. What was that like meeting Jay Leno? He's, he's a rad guy. He's, he's very down to earth. He's just a super cool guy. Once we got the the Bronco here, I hadn't met him at his shop. I had met his uh, manager and he was just walking through our shop and he was like, hey, and I was like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I couldn't imagine that. Like, it, it's not like you knew he was coming that day, right? He, I knew he was coming. I just didn't know when he was just Got like it. walking okay. through the shop because, you know, and so we're like, oh, hey. <laughs> so you may pay a little closer attention to the shirt and pants that you wear that day (laughs) for photo ops no that was awesome he's he's just a super rad guy he's totally down to earth um you know he he puts you at ease and stuff like that too so yeah he's great wow i mean (laughs) when you uh think through all the stuff that you've had the opportunity to do what i'm hearing you describe is that you have never worked a day in your life because you love what you do totally agree and we all will know we're on the right track when you're doing something and the next thing you you look up and four hours have passed and it feels like 15 minutes you know you're doing exactly right. what you're supposed to do yeah no 100 percent. and 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 don't get me wrong through all that i like what i do there's still all the hard stuff and and those are like the true moments that like when you do get the hard stuff and you're like, oh my gosh, like, I don't want to do this, but you're like, I have to do this. You know, you know, when, when you push past that point of going like, okay, can I do this? Am I capable of doing this? You know, you have those moments that, like you said, like, oh, this doesn't feel like work at all, but there's those moments that you cry and you're like, why am I doing this? Have you ever struggled with like the imposter syndrome? What does that mean? (laughs) It's kind of like sometimes you question yourself, like, am I out of my league? Do I belong here? Mm. Because when I hear your story, Teresa, so much of what you've done is self-taught. Like, people go and pay big money to get trained on this stuff, right? 
right? You know, I do. I mean, yes, I, I would have to say, doesn't everyone have that moment or those moments? I think so. Something like that. I, I would have to say you're not human if you don't go through a moment like that. Um, I think it takes a lot for us to go sometimes and be like, kind of focus, like, where am I at? But not look at yourself at the level of where you're at, but more of like, I guess to me, I'm always looking at like, who are the people that I want to be around? I mean, it's, it's, it's the same thing you're doing, Jamie, because you're, you're like, I want to be around amazing women. I want to hear their stories. I want to, you know, so, so you're, you know, you're going out and, and meeting them and going out and doing that. It's the same thing. I go, I want to build really cool cars for really cool people. And that's what I'm just going yeah. out and making sure I'm meeting those people and I'm doing those things. I mean, technically it wasn't Jay Leno that asked us to build his Bronco. It was Ford Motor Company that to asked us to build his Bronco. So that's even cooler, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, it, it all, it all depends. I mean, like, I guess how you look at things and where it's at and, and when it's happening at the time, because yes, we have those moments. I definitely have those moments of like, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. <laughs> you know? And then the other moments of like, it's exactly where I needed to be. I, you know, I needed to get through it and look where I'm at. You know, it's, it's like climbing the top of Mount Everest, you know, it's, it's probably the last hundred feet. That's probably the hardest part, you know? but you got to do that to get to the top. So Teresa, I'm, I'm just curious because you kind of have a unique story and there's been some other women that have run into this, but where your dad had a shop and you kind of grew up in it. So people were just used to you being around, right? It, used to yeah. a female being around. Sure. Um, yep. Have you run into any like challenges because you are a female or it's one of those things you've always been kind of like the guys because you've, you've always been around it because your dad's had a shop. I, I think I've, I've felt like more of one of the guys, I guess, I guess I've always felt like that. And yeah. I guess I've never looked at it as being one of the guys. I just like, again, I guess our parents put that, like <laughs> those goggles on, you know, for us that were like, Oh, you can be around anyone. Don't worry about it. Just go and do this, you know? And so that was just always the attitude. So, so again, it wasn't like, okay, if we're going to a country club and we're dressing up, then that was cool. And and we could be around people like that too. But I felt more comfortable in a garage. You know, if yeah. I went to a party and hung out with people, I was in the garage with all the guys, you mm -hmm. know, like <laughs> that's what I was doing. I, you know, and, and being like, Oh, cool. Oh, we're gonna actually going to work on stuff right now. Rad. Yeah. This is even better, you know? Like, yeah. Hold my beer. <laughs> right? <laughs> totally. <laughs> so I guess, I mean, I've always, yes, felt like one of the guys, but at the same time, I, like I said, I, I, I try to have more of the attitude. And I think even my parents gave it to us that, that we were just people, yes. you know, yes. Um, which is such a better way and concept to look at it because it is. It's in, in it's, it's the narrative that I want to, you know, help share as well, because, you know, we're doing the same thing in stereotyping if we say one of the guys, right? So I, I totally right. agree with you. <laughs> and, and what's crazy is, is as a host, I feel mm -hmm. obligated to put it that way for people to get totally. what I'm talking about, because that's what 100%. the norm is, unfortunately. Yeah. 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 It's, it's the narrative that the, the world knows right now. And, and that's the, exactly what we're trying to change, you know? Um, and, and that's my point. It's, it's like, it's like anything, like what, what you're speaking and what you put out into the world is, is what's going to change or your actions that you're putting out there and what you're doing, you know? And so, you know, I'm just like, I try to be aware of that, that I'm like, nope, we're all humans, you know? And so that people yes. feel that and know that and, and want to understand that more because it's like, I don't even look at people like adults and kids differently because a, a child can learn just as much as an adult, sometimes more, um, you know, and, and people are afraid to teach their kids young and to, you know, learn different things. But, you know, I've, I've been told you before, I'm like, my son was four or five years old. He was around guns. Maybe that's not a subject people want to discuss, but we made sure that he had the knowledge and he wasn't ignorant around them. Now there's a difference to that. There's, you have to make sure that people are very much like aware and they, and they understand things. So, so yes, we weren't, we weren't stupid about it. We weren't just leaving him around with them. Like 
he would he would be next to us and be, we'd be like, do you understand this? Do you understand this? Okay, now we put them away. They have to be locked up. This is what's important. So it's it's that's a good distinction, Teresa. <laughs> you didn't just hand him a gun and let him run around with it. <laughs> right. <laughs> It's, it's like, education. I, I realize that, you know, it's one of those things that people don't want to talk about guns either, you know, and stuff. But, you know, for me, it's it's the same thing with, you know, welding or painting or doing any of these other things. People look at them and they think they're intimidating, you know, and they're really not. And and that's that's what Real Deal is about is making all of this, the all these skilled trades that all of, you know, yes, it's a very male dominated field. That's, that's just the truth, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, basically, I mean, we're trying to show everyone that, Hey, it's, it's actually like, it's not that hard to learn. And actually women are way better at it because we're more detail oriented. We, you know, the way that we um, pick up things and that's just, those are innate in, in females, you know, and, and things like that. So, so there's a lot of different traits like that, that, that we pick up on that they don't. Right. So many things. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's interesting for me, Teresa, because when, when I read your pre-interview, it's like, shit, I could take this so many different ways. And, <laughs> I, I mean, your resume uh, is so impressive. <laughs> I mean, just <laughs> for people to wrap their mind around to have, you know, vehicles that your shop has worked on. And in one particular show, have 27 of those represented that your brand is on. And, and yeah, but you've even taken it to the next level. It's not just about using other products and putting on these. You're coming out with your own product <laughs> line, too. <laughs> <laughs> that was something I always told Jesse that I wanted to do. I was like, nope, I want to have my own parts on people's cars someday. <laughs> like... <laughs> Well, 2020 has been good to you because that's that's the next chapter for you, right? Because 27 builds and paint at SEMA isn't enough. You you want right. to have your own ads in the SEMA magazine that comes out every month. Right? Do you care talking a little bit about this? Oh, yeah. Believe me. I have all kinds of dreams. <laughs> so, so I mentioned earlier that like we're into Fords. Well, we grew up, I literally have a picture of me standing at like three years old in the back of a Bronco. And I'm like, there's way more to that. And I I do have a 68 Bronco, but obviously with the new one coming out, I mean, there is, there's so much I want to do with that. <laughs> you don't even know. Those are such cool vehicles. Those, yeah, those four totally. old Ford Broncos are just yeah. amazing. And the new one is pretty badass too. Right? I've seen some, you know, I guess reintroduction where I feel like they've just crashed and burned. And, you know, my first restoration that I did, I was 19 years old and I got a 1967 Pontiac GTO convertible. And mm-hmm. I've always loved GTOs. Well, when they brought nice. the GTO back right. and just ripped off uh, design from Australia, I'm like, ah. <laughs> no, and, and I I had the 1990. Not the same. No, no, not to me. And and this is, I just and I saw the concepts, the concept mm-hmm. drawings, um, the orange, and I'm like, oh my god, that's beautiful. That you see the the yeah. bottle, you know, the Coke bottle shape to it. I'm like, that's gorgeous. And they just didn't produce yeah. it. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> but. Some, sometimes they bomb. Huh? Oh, boy. Yeah. I, I, my opinion, and people may have other opinions, but when I looked at it, I'm like, wow, that looks good. Yeah. I'd love to share even more with the Bronco, but I guess I still am not allowed to share more about the new Bronco. So, are you going to have any of your parts on it? <laughs> Maybe. Well, I NDAs just like a lot of other people, too. So, got it. You know, I, I thought I would be able to talk more about things by now, but. I think it's supposed to come up soon. Ooh, so. I love the suspense. Now everyone can just wait and see. <laughs> I love it. Well, re- there's some good stuff happening. Regardless, congratulations on that next step in evolution because I just looked Thank through you. this and there's one big thing that I always try to point out to folks is that 
You have been doing this for how many years, Teresa? Um, I mean, fully at the shop here, 20 years. Got it. In a lot of, not just women, but people compare themselves to other people. And mm -hmm. I've seen the saying, don't compare your day one to someone else's right. day 100. And yeah. what you're doing is absolutely amazing. And this is the fruits of your labor for staying at it consistently. Mm, yeah. Right? So For sure. Yeah. You're right. You got to stay at it. It really is that too. Yeah. Wow. I, I am super excited to see the next chapter. Um, I, my partner makes fun of me. She's like, your mistress is Instagram. <laughs> and I'm like, but really, you know, for me, I, I love it because of the people that I follow. I feel like it's a tribe. Yeah. And, yep. you know, with the coronavirus and we're not traveling nearly right. as much, it's like my way to yeah. connect with this tribe of intelligent, powerful women. And it's so inspiring. I completely agree with you right there, because any any way that we can all reach out and continue to have, you know, that community is important for all of us. I mean, as as humans, we need that. We need that sense of community, belonging you know, creating things of, of doing all that type of stuff and not being able to do it as much right now is, is, yeah, it's, it's a little, uh, tasking on our, our souls, I think right now. <laughs> so it is the more we go out and the more we do that or, or show that, um, Oh, I, I can plug. I don't know that this will be out in time. So, um, we're going to start doing, um, virtual classes though. And so Ava Moto Wolf that you uh, spoke about earlier, uh -huh. that was one of uh, Jesse's first like protégés too, as well. Um, she's actually going to be doing, teaching a class of uh, doing a Facebook live at 7 PM on Friday, the 21st. So I don't think this will be out by then. Right. But we're going to start doing more of those, uh, virtual workshops and stuff since, since we're not able to do them in person right now. So she's going to be doing a motorcycle maintenance 101 class. Oh, that's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. And we've, yeah. we've been forced to get creative around this and we will get yep. through this. We will get through this yep. and it's yep. going to be one hell of a festival <laughs> when we get, right. when we move through this. It, right. it certainly is. Well, and part of it is the way we're moving through it right now, because a lot of us, it, you know, it, some of us are going through more challenging times than others. It, like I said, it, this is, it's taking a toll on a lot of us in different ways. The, the challenges are, are definitely at an all time high for, for most people right now. Um, definitely, you know, with less human interaction with people and just, and just the way things are, because we're trying to navigate things like all of us, like me, I actually love change. And that's probably not normal for a lot of people. A lot of people like to, you know, be comfortable and be used to something that's, that's uh, quote unquote normal. Right. And so, yes, we're, we're moving through this, but yes, we want it to go back to what we thought was normal. Right. Um, of like you said, like we want to have this big party, <laughs> <laughs> maybe not completely back that? to normal, but yeah. definitely partying together. <laughs> Right. <laughs> exactly. But it's like you have to navigate today and tomorrow and what that is, you know, because if we get sucked into like, okay, we're just doing the same thing, but that's not working for right now. Well, then we have to change what that narrative is, you know, and, and, and understand it and slightly make our little pivots back and forth until we find that right niche again and, um, you know, figure it out. And I think, it's just, it's really challenging right now for a lot of people to see that. I see a lot of people reaching out. It's hard for me even, you know, I mean, there's one week we have 10 employees. The next week we have six employees, you know, we're like, great. Okay. Now we got to work our ass off more. Oh, now we can have 10 employees back. Cool. Awesome. Great. <laughs> now we can have more. Let's do this, you know? So it's challenging trying to figure all that out and just keep moving forward and making things happen. And like you said, being like, okay, when is this going to be over so we can go party and, and just right. get back to normal? Like, that would be awesome. Well, and I love my kids. I love them to pieces. Yeah. And distant learning and at-home learning, it's not, right. it, it's not my area of expertise. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. 
I mean, my grandmother was a teacher for 30 years, but it's challenging. There's no two ways about it. It's challenging. Yes. Yes. And it and it changes your, your family dynamic as well, because now you're not getting the time that you had away from them or something. They're always around you now. Or you know? them, is- them having a break from mom. <laughs> you know what I mean? It goes both ways. I'm sure there's like, I need to go hang out with my friends. You know, they're thinking it too. <laughs> Totally, totally. And that's what it it is. It's, it's such crazy times for all of us. It's, it's definitely not something we, we all, any of us expected, I think. So absolutely community, like you said, and, and Instagram, any of those things are, are the best way to help us get through it all. I think. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Teresa, I think this is a good time to launch into the red line round. And what the red line round okay. is, is it's five rapid fire. Are playing a game? Yeah. There, no. <laughs> I should. I should have like background music or something on it. Boom. <laughs> what the red line round is, is five rapid fire questions. There's no right or wrong answer to it. Whatever pops into your head's right answer. <laughs> Got it. That's my game show host, you know, voice. But Right? <laughs> And here, right in here, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. The first question is: Who or what has been your inspiration throughout your journey in the industry? So many people. I mean, there's so many ways that people have inspired me. So, so in the beginning, like Steve Warner, he was like the editor for. Um, uh, for truck and magazine, he was probably one of my first biggest inspirations to be like, you know, Hey, like, yeah, you're capable of doing this. And I was like, really, are you sure? I kind of doubted myself. And so he just really like helped to push me to do those things. Um, and then I started getting into like, what, you know, liking people, Oh, chip boost or something. And then, you know, and yes, I've done multiple cars with him as well now. And, um, you know, Alex Exidius or Pete Chaporis or Gene Winfield or, you know, different people like that. So there's it, Jesse too, of course. So there's a list. There's not one. Got <laughs> there's it. There's not one. Sorry. <laughs> no, I think it's great. <laughs> That's what pops into my head. Yeah. Time. Too many questions or too many things. Not one. Right. And what I love about it is, and what I think uh, a great reminder is, is that those are all men that mentored you. Right. Yeah. And the thing is, yeah. is that. Oh, and Mike Spagnola too. It, I can't not say his name. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. No, no worries. It, but they are all men. Yeah. They, and they all believed in me. So they right. were, it was, they were all great figures. Yes. And when women yeah. empowerment and encouragement yeah. doesn't equal male disempowerment. Agreed. We're Love people. That. It's that simple. Yep. Number two, where do you go or what resources do you use when you want to learn something new or you get stuck on a job? people. I just call up someone or go to their shop or figure it out. Like as soon as I'm stuck on something, I'm like, oh, I need to call so-and-so. I need to call, you know, people are your best resource always. I love that answer. Do you know how many people say YouTube? Oh, (laughs) everyone says YouTube and I'm guilty of it too, but I'm like people, there's a concept, right? But it's funny because Teresa, I'm, I'm going out of limb here and saying that you're an extrovert. Is that safe to say? Oh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I still like my alone time because right. I love to just be in the paint booth by myself. But yes, I am. <laughs> so an introvert's like Antichrist is sure. what you say. And sure. their saving grace is YouTube. <laughs> sure. Sure. Agreed. You know, what's funny is when I taught myself how to paint, there was no YouTube. I literally taught myself by trial and error. Uh, now, don't get me wrong. I, I use the shit out of YouTube. <laughs> right, right. But your first go-to is to lean on is people. <laughs> yes, yes. That is awesome. I'm like, oh, damn. I'm sitting here. I'm like, people. Duh. Why didn't I think of that? <laughs> oh, that's funny. Okay. Number three. What excites you most about what you do? The feeling that people get either seeing their cars or, or using them. Like the whole, the whole purpose of, of doing like a build and stuff is you, you did it for a reason, like to give someone like an experience. So, 
you know, it's like, it's like doing like Jay Leno's um, uh, Bronco. I don't know if you saw the video of him later driving it finally. <laughs> it's, I love the video because he's laughing the entire time while he's driving it. Like a little schoolgirl. <laughs> oh my God, totally. And I'm like, see, that's exactly it. Those, that moment right there, like, that's it. Really seeing it come together and knowing you accomplish things with everyone of, of creating something together that's like part of it mm. but the other part is just is is them how people light up how it gives something to someone like that yeah I, and i'll tell you what like overhauling mm-hmm. that show sure. i think they do a good job of capturing that even though people yes. aren't physically there with them yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. production wise i always felt that they did a pretty good job and yeah bringing you along in that journey which was pretty cool yeah exactly and that's it's exact same kind of thing it's not i mean you know your gto or something like you go back to like that moment of of like going through the barn and seeing these cars like it takes you back to moments like that all of those moments are like when we were like a little kid or something and excited you know yes yeah a grown-ass person acting (laughs) like a small child it's it's priceless it is (laughs) right it really is. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Teresa, what is a personal habit or practice that has helped you significantly in the industry when you feel stuck or discouraged? A personal habit. Stuck or discouraged. Um, I guess to be outside. Um, one of the things that I guess I get energy from is just to like, be out in the open. Sometimes I get too stuck in like what I'm doing and stuff. And I'm like, I, I need to go for a drive. One of my favorite places is just to be out in the desert in the middle of nowhere. It's just those moments when you can stop and you can breathe and you think about yourself and you're not worried about anyone else. You're just enjoy, you know, we talked about it earlier. It's like that, you know, aha moment of just looking and being like, look at this world. Like it's amazing. And like, I'm right here. I'm on it. And I'm standing here in the middle of all of this. And so just being one with nature sometimes, I guess that's my moment. (laughs) I love it. And I completely relate to it. Yeah. Finally, what is your parting advice to other femcanics finding their way in the skilled trades and motorsports industry? To not be intimidated by other people because you need to find your community. You need to reach out. I would say even you, Jamie, like you interviewing all these people, how humble are most of these people? Oh, they're, they're amazing. Right? Last week I interviewed Christy Lee. Yeah. Very down to, I mean, it's just, I haven't met anyone that you don't feel like we could go have a beer and bullshit, you know? Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And that's, that's why I asked you because I'm like, I want other people to hear that. Don't be intimidated like, oh, like I've, I've always wanted to meet this person. Like, it's like people meeting Jessie, like, oh, my God, she's so awesome. Like, yeah, because she's a person just like you. Like, she wants to meet people like you, you know, like she loved to meet people. I mean, all of us, we want to be here to help other people. There, There's something about that part of it. So it's it's such an easy thing to reach out to people. But you you keep thinking that like, oh, like, I don't know if I want to call them or email. Just do it. Whatever it is. Say hi to them. Stop. Talk to Chip Foose. He's the nicest human being on this planet. You know, um, don't be intimidated by people. Get out of your shell and just and, and start that community. Even, even if it's with other people that, you know, having, you know, like I said, people are your best resources. You know, you need you need a community. You need a tribe, like you mentioned, and you need to start finding that. So that's. It's my advice, Femcanics. I love that <laughs> advice. And, and I'm guilty of it too, Teresa. I mean, uh, I DM'd Christy and I'm like, hey, my podcast may not be big enough, but would you consider being on it? And and she's like, are you crazy? It's, uh-huh. it's it, Of course I'll be on it. And I'm like, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, cool. You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and that's what you said is such sound advice because... What I learned from one of my early mentors is that you are as good and you expand yourself when you surround yourself with people that are either better at you than something or challenge you in some way. And 
you raise your vibration, right? Yeah. You, you need to surround yourself with the people to raise the vibration. Mm-hmm. And what I've also learned is that, to your point, we are all humans. That means we are not perfect. Yep. And the pedestal that yeah. people may be on, they didn't ask to be there. Yeah. And to give grace and know that they're not perfect. <laughs> yep. And that, but that's the beauty in it as well. Yeah. No. Amen. That was perfect. I agree. I totally agree. It's, it's exactly it is that we're, we're flawed. We're humans. We want interaction with people. Like I'm telling you, you walk up to someone like Jay Leno or Chip Foose or, or Jesse, any of those types of people or whatever. And you know, they will want to turn around and say hi and shake your hand. Yeah. That's really, that's what life should be like for everyone. I know that's not the case across the board. Unfortunately, there are going to be those people that are annoying that you're like, uh, okay, hi, what? They just ignored me. Like, got it. But yeah, you know, yeah. that's going to happen. This, this is not a hundred percent of every person in the world. We're just talking about the good humans. So those are right. the only ones you want to be around anyway. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. If you approach someone in their dick, you don't want to be around them anyway. <laughs> Walk away, run away. <laughs> Oh, Teresa, where and how can people connect with you? So, uh, let's see. So on Instagram, I am design muse. Uh, that is my personal one, but most of the stuff I post is going to be on, um, our LGE CTS. Um, so you can go to LGE CTS.com for our website, LGE underscore CTS motorsports for Instagram. And of course, like you had mentioned, we have at Baja forged. And the last one at Real Deal Revolution. So you can find us on Instagram, on Facebook, and realdealrevolution.org. So we are a 501c3 nonprofit, and we'd love for everyone to connect. And if you can help out and donate in any way, that that obviously helps all of our amazing ladies helping doing the workshops as well. You really need to do more, Teresa. You're really I being know. a slacker. <laughs> Sarcasm, sarcasm. (laughs) See, but it wasn't for me. (laughs) That's my problem. (laughs) Teresa, thank you so much for being in the driver's seat today and just kind of pulling back the curtain and letting us get to know Teresa more. (laughs) Happy that you had me on board, Jamie. It was fun. It was good. I like the chat and I'm, I'm glad that it's able to... I don't know, just kind of all of us just just reach out and uh, get the dialogue of everyone and, and really get into people's heads and, and see what's going on. Like Absolutely. It. Absolutely. I enjoyed laughing. I laughed a lot on this, and that, that's a beautiful thing, Teresa. Good. Thank you. I hope other people are too then. <laughs> <laughs> we're just laughing at each other. They're not going to think it's funny, but hell, we're, we're having fun and laughing, right? <laughs> I am Teresa Contreras of LGE CTS Motorsports, Baja Forge, and Real Deal Revolution. I am a femme chemist. Alana Scher is in the driver's seat next. She's an automotive journalist, columnist at Car and Driver, former editor at Hot Rod and Roadkill. She does new car reviews for Edmunds and contribute features and short stories to Sports Car Market Road and Track, and other automotive magazines and websites. The automotive industry isn't just a career for her, but a personal passion. Alana and her husband have a YouTube channel called Challenge Her, which covers their project cars and garage work. Be sure to tune in next week. Until next time, Femcanics. Thanks for listening to the Femcanic Garage Podcast. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Femcanic Garage. Check out our website, femcanicgarage.com, for swag and the transcribes for each episode. If you want to help grow this community, do me a favor and subscribe, rate, review, and most importantly, share this podcast. Spread the word. This is Jamie B. signing off. Are you a Femcanic?